of uh, of cool games. Yes. Yes. Um, Speaking of <laughs> documents of cool games, I forgot to record this, but hello. You need to be folks. You need to show up live for Apocalypse Radio because sometimes I hit the, forget to hit the record button. <laughs> Dang! Oh wow, the lost tapes. The lost <laughs> tapes. We've got two of them so far. I got so into it. We got so wrapped up in our conversation that I'm like, "Oops, I forgot to hit." Whatever. That's the beauty <laughs> of the live show. Is like let's just sum it up. Different games aren't bad. I you like games? Art TA. Art TA. Art. T A Art T A yeah Art T A yeah Art Time Attack Art Time Attack um, You're attacking in yeah, real time most, right most of the stuff on this upcoming uh, marathon is actually more more in the vein of like showcases and right um, right like score attacks um, so that's kind of cool right it's like a kind of weird hodgepodge mixture yeah of yeah because and... <laughs> there's a lecture too we're gonna have a, a PowerPoint presentation oh perfect. Is it, uh, is it very about, fast about George about George Bush flash games, which I think is going to be, uh, you know, a, you know, a little bit um, uh, of a nostalgia trip, and yes, essentially, <laughs> new grads keeps coming up on this show. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think um, I think uh, Barry, who's the person who's going to be showing it off, um, has has amassed like a, a bunch of. Newgrounds, uh, Bush Flash games, and so it's like, gonna be pretty fun to watch. Not knowing those games, I have a feeling of like what they look like and what they sound like. There's... Yeah, you you just kind of remember like the the aesthetic, I think, without right. actually knowing what any of the games, you know, right. contained. Like like what actually happened in any of them, you just can kind of picture George Bush's like wrinkly like Flash face. And, yes, yes. If um, if it's not like literal like cutout images from the internet, then. It's a very specific type of flash yeah, aesthetic. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like um, it, it's it was a whole like universe unto itself for a while, um, and I, I got a sneak preview of the uh, the sh- the showcase, and I think it's going to be um, a, a very nice retrospective oh, of um, George Bush Flash games. Um, yeah, and we have um, we have a couple of uh, shmups too. Which is Ooh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Um, that is part of my um, my motivation of learning Japanese in this past year is like really trying to understand and being able to access that indie scene, both like modern and like historically speaking. Because I feel like once there's that, you know, Japan is also a hub of computer game creation, as it were a lot of which never made it over here. Yeah. Um, so shmups have been kind of a, a portion of each of the RTA yeah. events so far. Um, previously, Sean, um, who's, who's doing a couple of other things this time, uh, had like a little mini showcase. Um, and yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Like um, every time, every time I see a shmup on a RTA, it's like a game that I've absolutely never heard before, but it's like, it's just like, you know, bafflingly beautiful. Um, yeah. Something just really satisfying about being, you know, about seeing like bullet spray. How many times, what would you say percentage of these are Toho? Um, percentage of Toho? I guess. Um, okay. Like in terms of like the overall like 
percentage of the marathon? Of the shmups, that is. Oh, geez. I, I don't know. Okay. So know. <laughs> it might I'm, be I'm zero. It could be. Um, yeah, I want to say zero. that um, it, it could be zero. Oh. Yeah, there we go. Extruder knows more than me <laughs> about shmups. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these are um, these are kind of off the beaten path. Yeah, perfect. Um, I think yeah. I think shmups tend to just find their way here the most often because they have the lowest language barrier. Bullets transcend language. Yes. Yep. Big big shooty planes uh, can can really be understood regardless of where you are in the world. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to get hit by those things. No, you you want to um, not get hit. Yes. Yeah, and watch watch the points go up. Yes, get a high score. Perfect. Right. I, um, good. I I know RTA is truly truly underground. If it has, if it doesn't assume Japanese shmup equals Toho. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's there's some interesting because uh, they have like sure. that's that's a big company or big thing owned by one person. Ooh. It was made. Oh, it's developed by one person. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Or it's like one person made it, but he has a very laissez-faire like licensing policy. Or I have not fully dove into fully understand. I like I've under I understood Toho more than I did in 2020, but not enough to be an expert on it. Given that, like in 2019 or 2020, I would say my understanding of it was one percent. And that if I saw anime lady, I'm like, Toho. <laughs> yeah. With a certain um, style of dress that I, much like art games, I could not describe it to you, but yeah. I would know it when I see it. Yeah. I think for a while, like I conflated um, Toho and bullet hell. Right. Um, that was just kind of um, my, my ignorance. At the right. Time. Cause so now, yeah. now I understand there's like a distinction. Like Toho is a series within the realm of, yeah, bullet hell shmups, right? But they have like Metroidvanias and all platformers or whatever else. It's just like a shared universe. Or anyway, anyway, let's let's forget about all that. Where could we find RTA? Since in case in case, for instance, you are not a, here for the end when we do the plugs, where one might find RTA tomorrow? Um, that is. Yeah, so 12 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. We'll be streaming um, about eight and a half hours of uh, rip-roaring art game action at a twitch.tv slash warm underscore ham. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the place to be. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it'll be you know, just, just the right amount of chaotic. Um, I, I tend to just, uh, you know, have these little interstitial, like... Uh, like voice to text moments or uh, sorry text to speech moments yes um kind of interspersed so so it's uh it's just kind of this weird um barely barely comprehensible event um and uh tomorrow should be no different perfect perfect it'll probably be if you forget where it is just come here it'll probably be hosted on this page you were one of my auto hosting people sweet because i realized that I have this channel that I use, but once a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Might as well. Um, yeah. Be be promoting other stuff in the meantime. Yeah. Exactly. If people know how to find their way here, eventually they'll be like, "Well, what's here? I should find my way somewhere else." 
to right RTA. On. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, no. it's been a nice chat for sure. Thanks for being on. Yeah. It's unfortunate we lost half of our chat because I was not paying attention. But thus is the beauty of live radio. Yes. So be it. You have to be here, folks. You have to. That was my original. Originally, I wanted this to be live, no archives, and people said, make the archives, and this me getting back at you every now and then by clearly forgetting to hit, re- purposefully forgetting to hit record, and then pretending I did it on accident. Thank you. We're going to go to a break and more anime. Thanks again. Warm ham. Thank you. Good- Goodbye, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio Warm. I had to leave. Let me get rid of that little picture there so you know that he has officially, officially, goodbye. Goodbye. Ham has left the building. Ham is gone. We are here with our next guest, who's a little chatty, likes to talk before he's introduced. <laughs> Whoops. That is Derigative, returning guest, who you may know from twitch.tv slash Derigative. Is this your... Oh, speaking of things I forgot to do, I forgot to do the live tweet. Listen, folks, I just like to do this show and talk to people. I always forget the busy work of it all. Um, what's the name of your show? Oh, God, how did I forget the name of it? Name of what? Your show. Does it have a, do you have a name of your show? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's called uh, uh, They Came From Obscurity. Is yes, there it is. Perfect. Oh. I saw a very. Someone's gonna be happy. Someone's gonna be happy with one of these thumbnails I saw with the next issue of Indie Apocalypse coming out next Friday. Um, a little a little sneak peek for someone who can do the, the, the mental math of going to your Twitch page and looking at your thumbnails, but. I think there's a lot of natural overlap, in one direction or the other. Between yeah, it it definitely seems like still still to this day, and I think I pointed it out the last time I was on. There's always one game that like we somehow overlap in. Right, I think it's just like well, it's like a natural part of like these are uh, the the game kind of like is good because it's nice to see a game kind of like permeating through like the art scene sort of. Oops. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ham has disappeared. I forgot to transition to the new scene. In which he has vanished. But yes, no, I like to. It, it's does it does seem like um, these games are, like I said, sort of rippling through this tiny indie sphere. Yeah, I want to say this time around, it's. Um, I forgive me if it's not the latest indie apocalypse. Um, Bizarreware. Yes, Bizarreware. I think was the last issue. And not only that, but uh, I don't know if you had seen um, Strangest IO had done a post a while back where they were doing um, a limited edition archive, like physical copies of the games. I did not see that, no. Yeah, so there's a BizarroWare one. Um, they did 12 copies of it, and I have it with me right now. Wow. What does it look like? I, as someone who uh, d- enjoys like limited physical copies of things. I mean, you, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a small version of a big box. Um, basically an archive version. Uh, it's got some stickers in it. It's got, um, got a little packet of, uh, rolling papers. 
for is reasons. It a trapezoid. No, it's just a little. It's just a little uh, cardboard square box. It, it looks like you know the old yeah. '90s big box releases, except yeah. um, you can actually fit it on a shelf next to your PlayStation games or something. For some reason, in my heart, a big box is a trapezoid. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, there those ones. There weren't that many of them, but no, I want to say uh, was it I- Eidos did that with like Tomb Raider. Yeah, had a trapezoid. I think so. And I think like the Blizzard like three in ones were trapezoids too, maybe. Oh, like the battle chests. Yeah. Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall. But anyway, Bizarro Aware. Interesting, good game. Strangest. Yeah. Check it out, Indiepocalypse. I th- you may have heard of it if you, or you may not have heard of it. You may have come here for the art. And the TAs. I hear there's a series of them. Yes, I hear it's next Sunday, General <laughs> Eastern Time. United States Eastern Time. You know the time, folks. It's the EST or the EDT, technically speaking. Yep. And if I mean, if you all didn't hear, I mean, if you're not listening to it live right now, you didn't hear it. Are you poaching my questions? Did- are you poaching oh, my questions? <laughs> if I hear you are going to be on RTA. Some might say I have a good authority from a one Warham mm. kicking it off. Uh, yeah, no, no pressure there. Being the first uh, first game showing off on uh, the latest RTA series. What are you showing off? Uh, um, so the theme of this RTA series, uh, which is a very loose idea of a theme, was uh, Corporate Edition. Okay. Um, I, I'm not sure if, if it really kind of fit it. I mean, it's art games. Take anything that way. Um, so I saw the theme, and I didn't know what game I was going to submit at that time. Um, so what I literally did is I went on itch, as, I, as I'm as i one to do, and I went uh, and I did a search for the tag communism. Okay. And that's where I found this game called Jeff by a, by a developer by the name of Jeremy Cuillard. Uh really really unique style of game uh they've actually got a new game coming out in a couple days i can't recall what the name of it is uh but i'm keeping the the theme that i've kind of unofficially had uh, because my my first rta series was last year's one um where i played a game called they came from communist planet um so (laughs) i've kind of kept a theme of communism and anti-capitalism that sounds I, familiar. It's gonna bug me. Keep going though. Yeah. So so I'm, I'm keeping my my tradition, my two year tradition of anti capitalism games. So who knows what I'll do next year? Oh, I. If you enjoyed came from Communist Planet, keep an eye on the next issue of Indie Apocalypse. Oh. If you like the the creator Colestia, I'm just I gonna. Do. I'm just gonna say. Keep an eye on the next issue of Indiepocalypse. That's a Indiepocalypse radio exclusive for you and yours. And depending I, on if you record it or not, people may or may not hear it. I did. Rec- I am recording this. And the page, if you're on Patreon, you'll get to hear this Monday of. But if you're not, if you're in the general public, let's just say I've been in emails with someone and we also have one exclusively created game per issue and you put those two clues together. Oh. 
Um, yes. I knew that. I'm like, why did that name sound so familiar? And now, yes, that's why it sounded so familiar, because I know that person. I feel like I should be wearing a deerstalker cap. You should be. You're, un- work. you're uncovering all those clues. Yeah. And I gave do I, to- do, I, do I have to steal the uh, Declaration of Independence now? Or? <laughs> to be fair, Mr. Policeman, I did give you the, all of them. <laughs> and you solved it on your own. Uh, did you just pull a snowman on me? I did. I uh. <laughs> that I don't know when, but th- that that quote re implanted itself into my brain within the last few months, and I uh. can't stop thinking about it. It's so good. But um, what would you say is the snowman of video games? Oh, uh, snowman of video games. And why did Quantic Dream make it? Oh yeah. I guess in a way, Heavy Rain is kind of that, isn't it? Well, they gave us, to be fair, in Heavy Rain, they gave us none of the clues. And in Heavy Rain, the murderer thinks about how he's not the murderer. And I'm assuming you played Heavy Rain. I, that, that's, I, I want to say that's the only one I actually managed to get through. Okay, so let's go on a, if you don't mind going on this, this sidebar journey with me about Heavy Rain. So Heavy Rain spoilers coming up for everybody. Heavy, heavy Rain, heavy spoilers. Um, the private detective is the murderer that everyone's trying to find, right? Hmm. But like in Heavy Rain, you can like listen to people's thoughts, you know? Right. And he thinks like he's trying to find the murderer and that he's not the murderer. Yeah, it's like they try to pull some uh, memento kind of thing, but just completely ham-fisted. Right, because it doesn't... Listen, I... I, I we've, if In case you haven't figured out from the zine or from our previous discussion, I like art stuff, and I get that like things aren't always perfectly explained, but that just doesn't make any sense within the, inter- like the internal logic of things. Anyway... Yeah. You can lose your kids can die and then the ladies like let's make new kids. The game sucks. <laughs> or it's whatever. I don't know. Though though I will have to admit uh cuz the game came out when I was in college yeah. um there there is this one scene where um you hear the guy who keeps yelling uh Sean, yeah. I can't remember what his name was. I want to say it's Ethan because that's a very white person name. That seems like it seems like Ethan would be a, a sad protagonist yeah. all the way all the way back to my man Frome. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like this scene where they pull like a like a saw a situation where he's in a I, I vaguely remember this. He's in a room and he, you know, he's been tasked to like cut off his finger. Yes. And they give you like all these like options of like how to cut off his finger. I'm trying to remember what they were. I think like right. You know, like, it's like a like hands. It's like buzz saw. It's like hacksaw. It's like butter knife or something like that. Yeah. Bagel slicer. Right. And I, I recall this like because it was just so ham-fistedly done. I had to see how every single <laughs> item interacted with trying to cut his finger off or hand or yeah. whatever it was exactly. I don't even remember. It's. <laughs> 
if you if if you if you're feeling that quantic dream itch, go for um what's the what's the what's the studio? They're doing those anthology games now. You know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah, it's the anthology one. Oh, you're talking like the um Man from Medan. Yeah, Man from Medan kind of ones. Yes. Until Dawn. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember what the name of the studio is. Yeah. But yeah anyway. That studio, I think, is like if you, it's do it does Quantic Dream stuff, but like better and more interesting. Not great. I would still agree. I would still say not great, but it's like it's real like middle of the road horror, you know? Yeah, I was gonna say, didn't they get like a uh, the guy from Mr. Robot in one of them? Yes. I mean, yeah, the first one had yeah um, Rami Malek in it. it had it had Peter Stamara in it. It had. Uh, I forgot the, the lead actress's name, but yes, they, they, they pulled and then they could not afford those people for their smaller budget versions. So they got like someone who appeared in one episode of Mr. Robot as a side <laughs> character going, yeah, I saw the robot. He was down the street or whatever Mr. Robot's about. I've never seen it. It's about robots, right? I, I think so. Rami Malek is a robot, and he's yeah. like everyone's friend. It's a prequel to Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yes, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Right, that movie. That is, yeah. I've never seen Bohemian. It's Rhapsody. Where, it's where a hacker just like pulls himself up by his bootstraps to become Freddie Mercury. Listen, if we could only all be so lucky for part of it, maybe not the end, last part of it. R.P. Freddie Mercury. Forty years later. <laughs> um, what do you think about hey, I, I, what do you think about Jigsaw's quotes going corporate? That was so bizarre. Do you think like, they were always corporate? Do you think there was a plant the whole time? I I feel like it's one of those situations, like when someone gets a a, a tweet that gets vaguely uh, popular, and then all of a sudden. Some uh, blanket company says, we'll pay you $20 to do a promoted tweet under this popular one. Yes. I, I, I see it as one of those kind of situations where, where they do that. Okay. I so. mean, I know, um, what was it? Uh, there was one a while back called like Horse eBooks. Yes, Horse eBooks. <laughs> that turned out to be some like ambitious project that like failed miserably. Right, right. Because it, the charm was gone. Although everything is happening all the time, I think that's the lasting like that's the lasting legacy of horsey books, hmm. and I'm fine with that. What is the exact quote? Ugh. Everything happens horse. Anyway, if listen, if you can get it, everything happens so much. Thank you, internet. We're at the looking up portion, looking up things up on the internet portion of the show. Um, if you can get your 20 bucks from Legendary or whatever studio puts out Saw, get your 20 bucks, dude. <laughs> do, right. do, do your you watch along. Yeah. Do your watch along. Get that Adult Swim show drill. Yeah, that was bizarre that he never, uh, 
see never. drill on uh doing adult swim stuff i never did you ever watch it i never watched it i i want to say it's a web only show it was yeah it's, and it's like in the style of like an Infowars kind of thing yes i knew that much i just never watched it i watched a bit of it it was uh it was a little too weird for me like okay. i just couldn't get into it okay like i i like i like uh drill in that kind of 140 characters yes I I I like drill and seeing drill retweets every now and then. Yeah. Like I like people people calling the good stuff for me. <laughs> I, but, I mean, no, nothing is ever going to um, top. I'm not owned. I'm not owned. I, yeah. I say as I shrivel and transform into a corn cob. My my number one drill tweet is the flag museum. I'm not familiar with that one. It's the one where he's like working again at the Betsy Ross Museum. Everyone keeps asking if they can fuck the flag, buddy. <laughs> they don't. They don't even let me do it. Oh man, that's I. There are phrases that I occasionally say to myself. You know, like I think everyone has those things. You know. Yeah, and that is one of them. Um. Where I just kind of think that as like a thing that just like, buddy, they won't even let me fuck it. <laughs> as like, <laughs> like as my my version of I listen, I can't even get this done. It's that, or it's yeah. I think that I might have said that on the show before. Listen to the beauty of did I say this on the show before that or. Shack at Knott's Berry Farm is the best tweets, hands down. I, I would admit I would I would absolutely love to read a, a story in the style of Kafka's Metamorphosis where he transforms into a corn cob. Yes, I have you read Kafka's Metamorphosis? Been a long time. It's actually I remember like hearing about it for so long and then like let me read this book that people keep referencing. I'm like, oh, it's actually good. Yeah. Is there tentative? Has there been something that in your life where you've heard it like referenced a million times? You're like, let me give this thing a try, and you're like, oh, it's actually good, or mm. or the other way, it's actually you hate it. Usually, it's the other way. Usually, it's the other way around. Like uh, people talking about The Godfather. Right. It took me so long to watch the Godfather movies, I it, and I just couldn't get through them. Like okay. I tried. I kept falling asleep during the wedding. <laughs> That's just like the first twenty minutes of the movie. Right. I was gonna say that's the very beginning of the movie. I, I I had that yes I had that similar inverse experience recently with Event Horizon, mm. where people kept referring to it as like oh weird shit in space where they meet the devil and I was like oh this isn't enough for me. Yeah. Not. I, I kind of had the I kind of had the same experience with um, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. I watched. Oh my yes. Listen, let's commiserate on how disappointing Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai was. Like I remember seeing like the shots of uh, Jeff Goldblum as a cowboy. Yes. Like this has to be amazing, but I mean, I'm watching it. And I'm and I'm in my mind. I'm expecting like a what's what's the movie I'm thinking of? Um, uh, the one with um, uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Right. Okay. I was expecting something around those lines, and it was it definitely was not. No, it's like exceptionally middle of the road. Yeah. It's not like, right. It's, it's, 
Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai out there for like one of the most disappointing. I was expecting. So I love Flash Gordon. Oh yeah, speaking like, of Queen, like like unambiguously, I think that movie. Talking about RTA and talking about art that seems bad and it's easy to look at and think. I love the version of like sci-fi where it's Flash Gordon and not Star Wars or something, or like Star Wars doesn't take off. So all sci-fi is like still looks like Flash Gordon or something. Yeah, yeah. No, there's uh, there's a um, movie called uh, Trancers that's kind of Flash Gordon-esque. You know, just that kind of low-budget sci-fi feel. Yeah. Um, I think it was done by, like, Full Moon. So, you know, you're in, a re- you're in really good company with uh, B-movies. Um, uh, but that was it was kind of like a uh, a budget version of Blade Runner, and I loved it. Okay. Let me... Budget version. Listen, I... <laughs> it's a budget version of Blade Runner that happens to be the first movie of uh, Helen Hunt. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. No, okay, never mind, never mind. I was reading... I thought I saw this on Trash Night. I did not. Um, Shout-outs to... If, if, if you... No, this is not that movie. I saw something that had, like, a similar setup with, like, time travel and drugs and everything. But I think it starred Magnum P.I. Tom Selleck. Oh, wow. Um... This is a recommendation for all those people. If you like this show, if you like any podcast, if you like these vibes, I rec- I highly recommend Trash Night Video, which is the third Tuesday of every month. It's truly got me through everything in the world. I gotta check it out. It's it's amazing. It was just like an online replacement for a show that they host used to host locally in Boston, and I hope that when that theater opens back up, they still keep doing it online as well. Cause I love it, but I don't want to go all over. I don't want to go to Boston to watch that show. Um, but yes, there is a beauty to like, I mean, let's, I mean, to set to a sense, even the original star Wars has some of that charm to it. Mm. That kind of like musty. Let's see what we can pull out of the prop closet sci-fi to it it then it just kept getting more money and more money and then he had to go back and uh fix the charm yes <laughs> he had to go correct his charm and then he had listen i'm sure there's something to be said about the new star wars is which is to say the middle star wars is and that this one dude wanted to do the thing that he wanted to do I remember seeing a tweet a while ago that it was like, Matt, it was about George. The fact that George Lucas was like, just like, what what is George Lucas's trajectory if Star Wars isn't successful? Like, oh, no. I know, I I, w- I would have loved to see it though. Does he just like make weird stuff, weird like serials and art stuff or stuff that he enjoyed growing up with for like for the rest of his career? And if he doesn't get locked into uh, the Star I was Wars say, machine, like, you look at stuff like THX. Um, I would have loved to see him kind of, you know, try some other things. Yeah, I mean, he kind of really, you know, you know, hit a hit a home run with Star Wars and kind of got stuck in that. And you know, I mean, he did some stuff with like George, not George Lucas. He is George Lucas, right? Steven Spielberg. <laughs> 
Um, well, but, uh, but past that, like, far that guy's problems, he did too much. To, he did too much stuff with George Lucas. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the films by like George Romero that are not zombie films. No, I have not. Like, uh, he like after I think Night of the Living Dead, he he decided um, to kind of do. I mean, he did things like um, uh, the Crazies and. He did this one movie that uh, that involved knights on motorcycles. Okay. That uh, is an absolute. I can't remember the name of it, but it's an absolute trip. Um, but like people just kept expecting more and more zombie films of him. Um, but you know, I don't think like Lucas really never got that experience. Like he he kind of got stuck in Star Wars land for like the majority of his career. I know we did that like one red wings or something. red wings. Yeah. Yeah. Season of the witch. No. Oh, come on. Season of the witch is the best Halloween movie. I've watched a lot of night. You were thinking of night riders, night riders. That's it. Yes. Starring Ed Harris. What a what what a cover. The games of the romance of spirit. Camelot is a state of mind. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, if you can track that film down, it's it's a trip. Yeah, I've I, there's like a a pocket of I I like movies. I like I like once I surrendered myself to being forever culturally out of touch with like whatever the modern zeitgeist is. I just like going into finding and looking for weird stuff or yeah. stuff off the beaten path. That's like, gotta be good. Gotta be interesting. Scanners was a lot better than I was expecting to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I love Patrick McGowan taking a nap through that entire movie. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I definitely want to say the, uh, my kind of, my, you know, perusing of the you know the side shelves of the of the movie rental store were kind of the you know starting moments of my like you know getting into finding you know very small off the beaten path indie games yeah there is a beautiful world out there that's going to speak directly to you imagine i'm pointing at you you listen to this right now just if you if you free yourself I thought we were going to get out of the monoculture for a while. I was, as a teen, I was very smart. I was like, well, the internet killed monoculture. <laughs> Little did I know Disney would spend their way back into it. Yeah. Um, oh, was it like Amazon's buying MGM or something? Par- so it's getting even yeah. more homogenized? Yes, yes. Let's all make the same five movies over and over again. Anyway. Let, let's make a backstory where... Cruella's mother is killed by dogs. Yes, yes, I've seen a lot. And that's why she hates the Dalmatians. I've seen a lot. Spoilers for anyone who was planning on watching that movie. You you don't don't need to see it. Right, you don't need to see that movie. You're fine. You're fine. You're honestly, you're fine. If you never watched a movie, if you never watched a movie made after this moment right now, you could still watch movies the rest of your life, and you would be perfectly fine. Anyway, a lot, there's a lot of them. Just there are, there just are. Make sure they're not getting lost, because uh, exactly more and more over time, you think about how many films are just, you know, lost because they were they were stuck in a, 
uh, film studio in a highly volatile canister that uh, studio happened to catch fire. So right. you know, we lost most of our silent, uh, silent film history. Yeah. That was another, to bring it all back to the first segment, movies was another one that hit me at one point. That word, that they're pictures that move, thus they're mm-hmm. movies. Much like a talkie. Yeah. Imagine the world where we call them talkies instead of movies. Or, they, or even a world where like uh, people don't try to correct you when you say movie or film. Right. Speaking of film, we need to cut this segment off. We're approaching our... That's a bad transition. Sorry about my bad transition, everyone. I th- Wait, no, I had a good one. I, I wanted to lose confidence in myself. You cut a film. <sighs> you, you, yes. can, you can edit it afterwards and, yes. and make it so like you, you nailed it. I did nail it. I don't edit this show. Guess what if we called them Nickelodeons? I remember... When I saw, I was playing like Mob Rule for the PC and they called the movie theaters the Nickelodeons because they were like, Odeon is probably a root word from something else and you would pay a nickel to see them. Thus, they were Nickelodeons and I, etymology is a fun thing. Mm. If he would, Drigitiv, on our way out to the break, if he would recommend one really like, schlocky piece of shit that you love of a film what would it be uh basket case perfect perfect don't look that up everyone just go and watch it and with that we're gonna go to break thank you for joining me i'll see you thanks for having me 20 to 30 minutes Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. It's the return of this show. I really like that that AMV has a real good, like, tiny hunched over shoulders. That is one of my favorite drawings. Those favorite drawing style of Beastars is I'm angry and I've got my shoulders hunched over. I'm in the background. And it looks good. Uh, we are here with. Our next guest, who you may know, this someone actually from Indie Apocalypse, Indie Apocalypse issue number ten, with budget rate stigmata. It's Hero Rob. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm enjoying the show. I'm three episodes, three guests in, not three episodes in. And once I'm three guests in, I get a little punchier, especially. I'm a little spicy. Exactly. I was, I've been dreading the fact that sometimes like for somebody, whatever reason, (laughs) these upcoming episodes have been extremely difficult to schedule. (laughs) I don't know why, but like not this one, but like all the ones after this, like I've started BCCing like 10 people at once. And I'm starting to realize that I'm quickly approaching the point where, well, we're just going to hit the point where I'm going to have repeat guests, which, listen, I don't know why I was obsessing over not having repeat guests. Like, it was something I needed to do, even though, like, long-running podcasts by L.A. actor comedy types repeat guests all the time and sometimes have yeah. only one guest schedule. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. 
No, there isn't, but I hold myself to absurd standards sometimes for no particular reason, merely to punish myself. But I know all about that. Speaking of punishing yourself, how did you hear about Indiepocalypse? Uh, it was um, after I had uh, I made uh, budget rate stigmata for uh, uh, I don't even remember what, I think it was a uh, low resolution game jam and I believe like everyone really hated it and I was like well I mean I feel really bad because I feel like this is probably uh, the best thing that I've made so far right and so I was just kind of uh, looking for uh, places to throw it out to be like does is it really bad I need to really confirm this is bad and so uh, I was looking for other uh, like things to submit it to and yeah. uh indiepocalypse was one of them i had i had no no expectations of actually getting in it well listen i i love bad media no <laughs> that's <laughs> i have to undercut that not knowing me and you, you not in case you can't parse my sarcasm immediately no i think the game was good that's why it's in there i don't put bad games in indiepocalypse know that sometimes I have to play a game too long because I can't I've reached a point sometimes where I'm like is this game like a shit post or is it really bad and I have to like I can't tell sometimes I, I I get really endeared to games when I'm like I'm not sure if the game is this really bizarre and trippy or if it's like just poorly made and bugging out right. I, I really like it when that happens <laughs> so i don't know yeah i've had increasing difficulties of like trying to figure out which games are like like I, like if i play through this bad game enough does a secret will become really smart and clever and it just is like pretending to be a bad game and i want to put like on the submission page like if your game is a bad pretend only pretending to be a bad game but a secretly good game please tell me up front so I can suffer through it. But they're pretty much... I think they're all games that look bad from the onset are bad. And I use the word bad a lot. And that seems like it's unfair. But I think it's bad to mean a lot of things during this show. This time when I say it, I mean they are not fun to play. They have no creative merit. Why did you bother to submit this thing to this which is the harshest way of saying it but the most honest I way think, of saying it yeah i suppose yeah i mean i can i think uh when i think uh when i call think something is a bad game that's probably uh my definition as well i try not to try not to decide that it's that things are bad really quickly Right, but I I I get kind of pretentious sometimes, and then kind of just fall into it. And I guess most of the time they're not like bad so much as they are like clearly you're just starting out making games. And I think mm. there is like a culture of making games first, and like not just being really self indulgent into what you want to make. So people will make like. I've got Unity assets. Here's a platformer, and it's bad because, like, it's not trying anything. 
Yeah. I would prefer a bad thing that tries something that has like like an identity to it rather than just like a bad thing with no identity. Yeah, I uh I I don't think like for the first like year and a half that I was uh that I, after I started like playing and programming game and, and game engines, I I was like I'm going to make this giant, you know, like 20-hour game with uh, no experience and no idea what I'm doing. I, I, I spent way too long doing that, but at least during the time I didn't put out, like, 17 generic platforming games. Yes, yeah. Yes, and Square Boy's Big Adventure, where the physics feels bad because you're using Unity's baked-in physics. Here's a here's a tip for you all out there. This is an apocalypse tip put in the book. You can just, like, do math, and that makes physics. Do your own math. X. Actually, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Unity. I don't. I've never used Unity, so maybe Unity's 2D. You can't just like move something forward a certain amount of units. I don't know if there's a unit. Have you used Unity? I've used Unity a total of probably like two hours. Okay, well, that doesn't help me very much. I primarily use Godot. Godot looks like Unity. Is there a unit of measurement in Godot? If I wanted to move something, like, say, move it forward X some number of spots along the X axis, can I do that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so, listen, everyone, use the X, Y, and Z axis and just move things upon units based on that axis. Baked-in physics, they're bad 90% of the time, and I hate playing them. They feel clunky and awkward and floaty and weird and... Yeah, if you don't like, uh, like customize how much like mass things have, they, and everything feels exactly the same, it's it's really awkward. Yeah, I've played so many games. They're just like it feels so clumsy and imprecise, and like everything's kind of like jumbling around. It's all jumbly, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just like of a particular mindset, but. Don't care for it. Speaking, speaking of don't caring for it, if you were to imagine any villain getting their own origin story, who would it be? Uh, any villain getting it? Yes, yeah, so like tr- a truly unearned origin story. <laughs> um. This uh, hmm. I don't know. I have to. I have to think. Um. Well, well. I'm sorry. The moment has passed. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, I mean. Uh. My my mind is immediately going to uh, super villains in superhero stories, which I guess is because that's like the oversaturated genre of films right now. Yeah. And. Uh, I can't think of anything in that uh, genre that would be remotely interesting. No, you don't want to hear about how, um, you know, the starfish guy from Justice League became an angry starfish guy? You know? No, I don't think so. Ah, that's too bad. I remember when <laughs> I 
when Marvel was starting to take off, I remember thinking, and I still think, like, so, what is your general impression of, I guess, um, this Marvel world of films? In the cinematic universe? I wouldn't say such a thing. I think I think only the dark universe <laughs> is the only cinematic universe that I respect. Which which one's the dark universe? That's the mummy and the invisible man. Oh yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um I think uh like I don't know. I don't I don't really like uh any of the Marvel movies very much at all, and I don't know if it's um because I I have this preconceived thing that like they're the super immensely popular thing that's just saturated the entire market, and then right. before I just have a knee jerk reaction of like oh fuck that I don't care yes or if it's because they're actually you know legitimately bad. How do you feel about superheroes in general? Uh. I think that you can do a lot of really interesting things with superheroes and 99% of all media, including the, the comics, you know, don't, don't do the interesting things. They're like, uh, well, there's a bad guy and the good guy got to go over and punch him. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, he does have to go punch them. He's doing bad stuff. He's well, got if you got a guy who needs punching, you got yes. a guy that's good at punching. There you go. Uh, who do you think is the best superhero at punching? The best superhero at punching? Yeah. Who do you think is the best? Who's the, uh, who's the best at punching? I mean, uh, the the first thing that comes to mind is Superman with all of his, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, overly, you know, god powers that just gets, uh, you know. His uh, weakness is whatever they kryptonite and whatever the thing is at the current moment that it needs to be for so he doesn't just you know win in a second. Would one would one not argue that Superman's weakness is that it cares too much? Um, I don't know. Is is that his weakness? <laughs> I guess. I guess technically it's just it's a glowing rock. Listen, I, yeah, it's a glowing rock, or it's when you know Doomsday punches him in the face, or you know it just whatever happens to be there at the time. If they can't get crypt, weasel kryptonite into the story at that point, yeah, that's I guess ahead. Superheroes are weird, and I don't like like to bring it to to, to the secret pre-show. I read a lot of comic books, but very few of them are superhero books because. Who's got the time to figure that out, you know? Also, there's a lot, a lot of backstory and re uh, reference that you need. Right. And every six issues, the creative team changes. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I really like this book. Oops. It's it looks completely different now. And it's not what you like. It's not what you liked anymore. Half the characters are gone. Their personalities are all completely different. Yes. Sometimes because someone else is writing it now, right? Sometimes that's for the better. Sometimes you sometimes you get ecstatics, which is I think strictly an upgrade over whatever I'm sure X Force was. Sometimes I am not familiar with that. 
Ecstatics uh, is like a weird. Do you know Michael Allred and Laura Allred and the third Allred whose name I forget? I do not. They do like the pop art style stuff. It looks cool. Okay. But um, anyway, this is Comic Talk. We've been having Comic Talk. Um, gonna close. <laughs> gonna close this segment of Comic Talk. Usually, it's like not Western stuff because people on the internet, nerds who play video games, are more familiar with manga, as it were. And I myself am not too familiar with superhero works. And fucking nobody cares about what Drawn and Quarterly is putting out, you know? I care about what Drawn and Quarterly yeah. is putting out. Hey, Drawn and Quarterly. I have, uh, if you can hear me. I have not. Give me a job. Yeah. What's up? I'm telling Drawn and Quarterly <laughs> to give me a job if you're listening. I've, if you're looking for someone with a lot of publishing experience, I'm your man. What were you saying? Uh, I am n- not nearly as familiar with manga as I am with, uh, you know, Western comics. Oh. And I'm not super familiar with Western comics, but uh, um, I have probably read maybe, uh, I don't know, 50 different uh, volumes of m- random manga in my life, and that's about it. Seems so. Yeah. Now, is this, like, truly random? Truly, like... Not, not truly just, <laughs> you know... You know, random number generator. Yes, yes, things, yes. But uh, here's volume six of D. Gray Man. <laughs> oh, time to move yeah. on to the first volume of Tagami Bachi. Yes. Um, no, no. And now, when you say Western, do you short? Do you do you personally shorthand Western to sup- to be superhero, or do you shorthand to mean like also like, you know, drawn and Corley and Fantagraphics and like POW and like even smaller, shorter, small presser. Do you, when you say Western, do you mean like Marvel DC, maybe image dark horse? Not, uh, not necessarily just uh superhero comics, but that is, uh, I would say probably 75% of the stuff that I've read uh, right. in comics, just because like it was there when I was growing up. Ah, uh, yes. Seemed to be, you know, I came to and it I have not later in life. Yeah, I have I have continued reading comics, but, but I have not uh, had the quite the 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 intense uh, reading of comics that I did in my youth any longer. Did you were you ever embarrassingly embarrassingly into identity crisis? No, I don't think okay. so. I don't. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever read that arc. You're you're better off. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Listen, when you're a teen, listen, when you're a teen, you're allowed to make mistakes. That's just the rules. Especially when it comes to like art, you can like your every teen is allowed at least one to two, at least one to three Boondock Stains posters in their room. Uh, I think I had a Boondock Saints poster in my room when I was growing up. All teens are allowed them. You're well within your rights. Yeah, I um, I actually watched uh, Boondock Saints recently. Recently, as in like the last 
four years. And I was like, is this really the, the same movie that I, <laughs> that I have memories of as a kid? Because this, this does not seem quite as much like I did. Like <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't everything you wanted it to be? No, no. It was, uh, it was very, very much not, not something that I, I, I would ever like right now anymore. It seemed to me, even at the time, it seemed like somebody made a bad Pulp Fiction is it a bad Pulp Fiction? <laughs> or like a Tarantino-style film, but like kind of lacks it, whatever would be appealing about those? When I watched it recently, it was more like a, like a very um, reactionary and uh, uh, take on, on like trying to push a, a view of, a specific view of justice and like not really getting and the pulpy like you know kind of uh action stuff was i seemed more like the the medium that the whoever the guy was that made it was trying to get across this right. like thing because it feels a lot more like propaganda when i watched okay. it just uh recently yeah things really change when you like grow up and you like listen to the words that they say also <laughs> yeah it really kind of goes, oh, weird. I wasn't. I was never originally listening to what they were saying. That's odd. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I uh, if I would talk to my younger self, who really liked it, and be like, "This is why this movie is not very good." I don't know if I I would have I would be like uh, who cares or I'd be like well maybe I don't like this I don't know you'd be like nice try old man <laughs> I nice know a th- try I know a th- I know a thing or two I'm a little bit more than you I'm a little smarter <laughs> than that yes uh, and I very well could be. Uh, I might might have reacted that way, but um, I think it's just as equally likely that I would have been like, oh, well, that's something to really start to take into consideration. But like I said, just as likely to be like, hey, yeah, fuck you, old man. You don't know what I like. (laughs) I know exactly what I like. And I like cool shit by cool people. They have guns and they say Bible stuff. (laughs) but that's video games huh what do you think of those things uh quite like them i've uh liked them for most of my life a video game liker i know we're gonna have one of (laughs) your types on the show yeah yeah it's one of those things me and young my younger self would would agree on what was your favorite game growing up? I think my favorite game, my very first favorite game that I remember being like, this is my favorite game, was uh, uh, um, uh, it was like a shoot 'em up, uh, side scrolling shoot 'em up, uh, called UN Squadron for the uh, SNES. I know UN Squadron, and uh, I don't know why I really liked it, but um, I think it's one of those things where as a uh, kid you know 
so you get familiar with something and you don't really understand the difference between familiarity and being good. No, you and so I think that's why that was my favorite thing. I was going to say, UN Squadron is good, though, I think. UN Squadron it, has... I haven't played it since then. UN Squadron has, like, the cool pilots, and you can, like, buy stuff in between levels. Listen, UN Squadron mm-hmm, yep. is, like, very solid. Very solid, you know, horizontal shooter of the era. Capcom um, made that, you And know. I remember... Was it Capcom? The, ca- the oh, yeah, capsule. I think the... The uh... capsule company themselves... <laughs> Put that one out. I remember in the main menu, I think the like icon that you selected, uh, the like start game and options and stuff was like a picture of Ryu from Street Fighter. Weird. I don't know about that, but I know it had like the the font I remember from Mega Man X. I came to UN Squadron considerably <laughs> later in life in the emu- in the emulator days. So. Mhm. I've been getting a lot. I've been getting. But yeah, through. after that, it was. After that, it was uh, my favorite was uh, Chrono Trigger okay. for the longest time. I've been getting back into Zelda again a lot. Rando Zelda. It's a great pleasure <laughs> the to The randomizer? Yes. I cracked my first under two hours just before this very show. Um, it's. I was always confused. In randomizers, do you just like not have any idea where the next thing is going to be, so you just have to run around until you find, like, oh, this is the dungeon that's next. Yes and no. So, listen, we're we're going to go on a break, and then we're going to pick up this randomizer conversation and really delve into randomizers, maybe. Who knows? Well, who knows when we come back at the end of it, because that's a whole extended conversation <laughs> But anyway, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to discipline myself to, to keep time as a proper host. I don't have producers manning the boards that I can allude to. Um, Rob? I mean, you can, but just... Oh, I wish I had producers. I wish I had a, a producer, an assistant. I wish I had an assistant. Somebody get me an assistant. I mean, you can just allude to them. You don't have to actually have them. Uh, listen, we are dangerously close <laughs> to this show having fictional characters and people coming on playing fictional characters. Someone has said they'll do it, has threatened to do it once already. And I am like, that's not a threat. That's a beautiful promise to me. Anyway, I'm going to go to break. He'll be back. Enjoy some Lincoln park. Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was I forgot to say all those names of the videos. The first one was um, what was the first one? Let me look this up. Do you guys who remembers where the first one was? What was it? Was oh, it was uh, Pink Floyd and no, no, not that first. Oh, it was the Berserk one. It was the Berserk theme, right? Oh, Forces. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon was the very, very first one. But I like to come back from the breaks saying what the song was. And the second one I remember was I do remember that one because that was Sin by Nine Inch Nails, and that was Breaking the Habit by Linkin Park. Um. So randomize. You're asking. Do you just not know where anything is? Right. 
So do you have yeah. any familiar uh-huh. with like randomizers? Because there, there's a ton of randomizers now. There's like one for like any game that you can cram into an emulator. And that's like classic. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, I mean, I've seen randomizers, you know, they go as like complex as everything gets moved around, item placement, enemies, um, what you start with, things like that. And then there's ones as simple as, you know, you you might be just a random character. Right. Yeah, the rule set seems to vary. Like, Final Fantasy VI apparently has two different ones. So I imagine I have, like, different rule sets. But to bring it all back to Link to the Past, like, I, probably the first, certainly the most prominent and famous of them. Um, so you know where to go, as you were asking. You know where to go by where so the reason i think link to the past works very good for this is because you can access a lot of the world with very few tools and like one item here and there opens up like so many different like accesses so many different like chests within the world so Mm -hmm. and like so many dungeons are like beatable fairly easily without having like all the tools necessary so you just kind of like how you, how you progress through the game is knowing like, well, I have like, if I have a bow, that means I can probably beat Eastern Palace and that kind of thing. And so it's kind of like following what items you have to which item locations you can check, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's interesting. And I think it's just though. The glitches are very easy to do, like the, the acceptable ones or whatever are very simple to do to the point where there was one that I didn't realize you could do wrong because I was doing it right just on accident so many times. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Why doesn't this work now? I'm like, oh, this is it's, it requires a very specific like location to do, but it's so easy to like just naturally walk into that location. Um that anyway yeah i'm 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 horrible at uh kind of performing a a glitch like on purpose right i have certainly glitched out games on accident many times it's kind of a skill skill of mine when when dealing with a lot of these yes smaller indie titles oh (laughs) you may not have had the qa right right listen they don't have no if i as, as a small indie developer let me tell you something qa who needs it it worked when I played through it. Yeah. If you found glitches because you were going off the path that I did not play through as an expert of playing the game. And those are for like play sessions in wide open areas, that kind of thing. You know, things that don't exist anymore because nobody can see anybody yet. I did fill out a form for something that's theoretically holding an in-person event in November. So we'll see how that shakes out. I think like for better, or for worse, events will open back up again. You know, now, now do you feel like you're more forgiving to a, uh, a, a game with glitches? If it, if it is an, a smaller indie compared to a triple a, uh, I'm generally forgiving of like any glitch really. I guess it depends what the glitch is. You know? Yeah. Like, 
because a lot of the ones, a lot of like, depends if it's game breaking or something, or if it's like, yeah. it's depends if it's obtrusive. If it's obtrusive, I don't care if a million people made the game or one person made it. It's still obnoxious. So I don't want to deal with it. The last time I remember getting upset about a, a glitch in a game was when I saved the game in an elevator in Mass Effect, which completely breaks your save and does not work. You can't load that save any longer. So if you stop there, it's done. And yes. that was one. Of the, that was one of those games that only gave you one save, too, right? I want to say. Uh, I don't. I don't remember actually. I just remember uh, I didn't play it again for like three months because I was so upset that I lost like twelve hours of progress. Yes, that's why I don't play new games. I play old games and I run them in emulators and I have multiple save states hmm. all <laughs> the time. And by emulators, I of course mean that I burn. Yes, of course, I do burn my discs for four, 24 hours only, then I delete them. We all know this. Emulators don't come with pirated software. Yeah, of no, course. Yes. Yes, that's the only way I play them. It's, listen, it's very annoying to have to rip my Breath of Fire 3 ISO every time I want to play it, but I want to follow <laughs> the law. So I rip it every time, and I delete it after 24 hours. Yeah, can't make Daddy Nintendo upset. No, definitely not. I would never want to make Daddy Nintendo upset. That guy's name is Bowser now. Like the guy from the game. <sighs> anyway, Nintendo. Nintendo, how are they doing? Those guys. You don't hear from them anymore. I'm kind of thinking they, they fell off the map. Yeah, what are they... They make, well, the kind of food of cards or something, right? Yeah. I don't really. Wait. The last thing I remember is uh, Bowser's Fury that they yes. released. Do I know what Hanafuda means? So I've, like, I've coming in learning kanji, I've, like, occasionally come across, like, oh, I know what that word means. <laughs> or, like, slowly, like, oh. That's also, and it's like only exasper exacerbated my own like recognizing of like English etymology in that like, oh, so this word is just this and this together. I'm like, well, of course it is. Every language does that. That's what all languages are. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, words don't, words don't just come out automatically and you know what they mean. They have long tailed origins. But anyway. I thought I knew for a second what Hanafuda meant, but I maybe don't. I did finally learn Kikaku, and I finally truly understood that it means plan and how it means plan. So I no longer need that fan sub added bonus. I could understand it myself. Anyway. Yeah, I have to say, I have to say, the man, I've never like you know formally tried to learn Japanese, but definitely anything. That's very commonly heard in anime. I, you know, I'll pick up on it. Yeah, I, I am an avowed. I, what would you call a um, nerd who likes comics and games? Mm. So I, but it, at the, and it intersects with my interest of like looking for the most obscure stuff. So I need to also for this for this job, as it were, it's very helpful to know a language. 
like Japanese, you know? So that I, I can't thought you meant just a language in general. Oh no, I know a language. It's called English. I know half of another say, language. Is a lot called... of um, Japanese games on itch. Yeah, like that's that's an area that they definitely haven't kind of got into. Like I've some of the sites that I found, um, you know, you know the Japanese. I wanted to say doujinshi, but that's uh, that's specifically comic, isn't it? I I, I don't know. No, I've I've heard the term doujin like thrown around for just like anything indie. Yeah, yeah, like the the sites that I've I've found them on. I'm like, should I be doing this in a v- uh, virtual machine? Am I gonna get a ja- obscure Japanese virus? Oh, the, of course you are. You don't know what any of the buttons to click. Yeah, yeah. That yes, there is like I've seen a couple of them on itch, but then like, don't even know if they speak English. It's like this is machine translated. I don't know if it's any good. Like oh, they clearly. You gotta really branch, you know, like bridge the countries. Yeah. And luckily, a lot of people speak English, but there's just like the density in the history of game design is what made me choose that language over like you know any other language mm. out there. Plus, my own selfishness to want to read indie comics. I find myself pretty forgiving when it comes to something that is, you know, where, you know, English obviously isn't their first language. Yeah. And they have to resort to machine translation. Like, I, I get the general idea of what they're trying to say. And right. When yes. I when I stream a game and I realize that the developer is not a uh, English as first language, I, you know, I because I, I, I'm, I'm the kind of streamer who will read out loud. Uh, I'm like translating it as I'm going. So, like, not trying to make them sound bad. No, trying trying to localize it by by you know speaking it. English is a real, real, real. It's a real language. <laughs> I would call it that, and it's a real, real joy to learn. We have the pleasure of having been born into it. Mm. I would not wish English as as a second language upon anybody. Especially like American English, which fuck is a real mess, real hodged podge, if you will. No, you you know it's a really screwy language when just a different dialect of it. You don't understand what the hell they're saying. Right, right, right. There's so much. Yes, yeah, so I mean that's a problem. I, that, I mean that's a tricky thing with every language, like dialects and like regional phrases and slang. But that's that's the the life of learning languages. It's fun. I like learning languages. I was using the bird one to learn languages, but then they put the way that I learned Spanish behind a paywall, and I was like, no, thank you. I'm not refreshing my Spanish anymore. Because I'm not doing this so slowly. And I was like, I would stick with the fact that I know enough to get by and enough to get screwed over by Portuguese over and over again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I took uh, Spanish throughout high school. And uh, I basically have retained enough of it to know if someone's insulting me. Oh, I've retained enough of it to... Um, I could probably refresh myself. Because like, I took it all the way through college. And wasn't good at it 
you know, decently enough at it. So whatever, we don't need constant refreshes of Andrew's ability to functionally sort of understand Spanish. But I know I'm like, Ooh, I can read this is Spanish. And like, no, it isn't. This is Portuguese. You see a little sneak. You almost got me again. I can't read this really pretty sneaky sis. Exactly. I almost thought I could read this and then I got tricked. <laughs> but, um, which would be very helpful because I a lot- took, uh, ger- oh, no. I took a German through high school and through some of college. And, uh, I remember I was watching this movie, uh, like probably like 10 years ago and it was in Dutch language. And I was like, ah, this is German. I can understand it. And then all of a sudden, like, three sentences later i'm like i have no idea what the hell they're fucking saying <laughs> yes yes it's like yeah their languages are just close enough that mm. and maybe i should have learned it, given how many brazilian developers there are how many brazilian developers there are in, in the apocalypse if i could speak the language it would help but you know what i can't speak every language those assholes in their tower made a bad situation for their all of us and yeah, it's, comp- it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But anyway, speaking of a lot of work, this show is a lot of work. Universal Fast and Furious and Jurassic World crossover, huh? Late breaking news from Twitter. What? Jurassic Park. Did you say Fast and Furious and Jurassic Park? Yes, a crossover. I was going to say, is Vin Diesel going to like teach a velociraptor about family? I think so. I remember in Need Need for Speed 2, you could do a cheat code and you could play as a T-Rex. I was going to say, I was like Daytona USA. There was like a cheat code where you could play as a horse. Need for Speed 2 has a lot of weird. You could also play as an outhouse. I remember those two because those are the two we would always play as, either an outhouse or a T-Rex. And you could swing the tail around. I was going to say, I wouldn't feel comfortable drifting as an outhouse. I don't... Th- <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I kind of want to try this. Because I remember it was really weird. Because like, I think you could, like... T-Rex is very good because you could, like, hit people with your tail, I think. And it wouldn't screw you up, but it would really screw them up. Um, I got to check this out. Yes. Can I find footage? Let me let me pull up my old binder from Cheat Code Central and see what I can get. See if I see what codes I have. Ugh. This is the Cheat Code Central uh, portion of the show. Yes, this is Cheat Code Central where we talk about our favorite codes from Cheat Code Central. <laughs> Dridge, what were your favorite codes from Cheat Code Central? CCC is I knew it. I think the one I used the most was A A B B A A B B A A B B A A B B. Which was okay. how you skipped a level in uh, uh, the Genesis Aladdin. Oh, perfect, perfect. Rob, have you got any favorite cheat codes from Cheat Code Central? Um, is the Konami code a cop-out? It is, because that's they put that on t-shirts. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we are. Here we are, the good stuff. I'm going to... I'm not going to go through the effort of um, downloading this video and then 
putting it on the stream. So instead what I'm going to do is I'm going to take these two videos and sling them into the chat. Oh my. So that people know what I'm talking about. Because I don't feel like going through all the effort of like... And you peruse those on your own time. I'm putting on a show right now. Also, I think it would screw up the editing if I like tried to because of voice meter, if I tried to watch them and download them. Oh, wow. And... That is literally just a cube. Yes. Yes. Speaking of just a cube, let's box up this episode of Indiepocalypse here. I've had fun. We've uh, had. Yes. You're getting really good at those segues now. I am. Listen, I am f- cleverer than I lead on. You can tell. As the, I think that's. I think I'm actually gonna like be very into having repeat guests, because whenever I have a guest on the person that I know, I can fire on all the cylinders and like, I can trust them to fill the space and trust them to meet me halfway and know what I'm going to say and bounce off of me. And there's a familiarity there that leads to a lot of good content trademark on the internet. Mm. But it's a little harder with people you don't know as well. They don't know your cadence. They don't know like, um, like you like, like, you know, what makes you tick as it were. And you don't, and I don't know them, but I do do enjoy doing this show every week to meet new people. Speaking of meeting new people, let's have these new people tell me about themselves as we wrap it up this cube, as it were, and turn that cube into a present of a box. And Rob, what are have you got to plug? Uh, nothing except uh, my, uh, my itch uh, page. I said that sounds yeah. like more than nothing, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I've got like maybe five or six uh, games on there. It sounds sounds like a lot of games. Uh, what is that itch? Mm-hmm. How would I? What how is would, the itch? How would one find this itch page? Ah, uh, you can go to herorob.itch.io to find what? that itch page. If you see a horribly gross purple thing staring at you, that's, you're in the right place. Okay. And that's Rob with one B like I would naturally type it in, right? No, you type it in with two Bs. It's <sighs> herorob.itch.io Perfect, perfect. Um, you can even pronounce it Robaba if you want. Once I go Robaba, then I start putting A's in there, and I'm not going to do that. Rob, Drigida, what do you got to plug? Um, If you are are watching this right now or or even tomorrow, uh, RTA Series 4 tomorrow. You can't watch it tomorrow. You're watching it on Monday. It's going to be over on twitch.tv slash warm underscore ham. If you're watching it later on on Patreon or however you decide to do it, uh, you could find me on twitch.tv slash derigative. I stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and I do. Uh, I have a block that I call "They Came from Obscurity," uh, where I specifically play games that are overlooked and underrepresented. Yes, putting out, putting in the work, as it were. Um, speaking of putting in the work, um, I'm also putting in the work, as it were. 
So go over to IndiePocalypse.com. Buy any old issue of IndiePocalypse. Maybe IndiePocalypse issue number 10 might be a good place to start. There's a new issue coming out next Friday, which is an arbitrary thing, which you only makes sense if you are listening to this either on Patreon, which means you may already be subscribed and you might get it delivered automatically, or like a month after it already come out. So in which case, you're screwed, buddy. Um, which case, actually, I think there's... I still heard be there was good shit on Indie 10, Indie Apocalypse 10. That's what I hear. I hear there's like this game that got like bombed in another jam or something. They said, wow, this game sucks. But then Indie Apocalypse was like, this game's good, actually. That's just what I, I hear, though. I... I it was a rumor I heard too, so maybe it's got some merit. Yeah, yeah. I hear Indie Apocalypse is a home for weird weirdos and misfits. That that's a that's that's listen. If you get that, if you get Indie Apocalypse ten, you get a you get a copy of Spare Parts Episode one, and Episode two is coming out like in a week, if not like three days. I don't remember the exact release date. So it's like, get on board, people. There's all these all this stuff coming in. Anyway, anyway, um, I have good I have good redirects. So if you go to slash Patreon, that's how you subscribe. You get the show at five dollars, and at fifteen dollars, you basically like you get it. It's like a monthly subscription. If you really want to go all out and go for twenty five, I mail you a copy of the physical copy of the zine. I think they're cool. Um, I'll sell them at events one of these days. I'm all vaccinated and ready to go out into the world. No COVID for me. No, thank you. Um, although I do like people wearing masks all the time. And I hope I, if people are sick, they either don't go outside or go outside with masks. Cause I haven't had, usually I get like a flu or like a cold once a year, nothing for like a year and a half. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all for continuing to wear them. Yes. Let's, let's, let mass culture hit the U.S. in stride. Let's Maybe everybody won't get sick halfway through a convention anymore then. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. If you're sick and you really need to go outside, still put on a mask, buddy. I don't want to get a flu. I don't want to get a cold. I hate that stuff. Uh, let's all let's get sick less so then we can really, really feed the gears of capitalism, everyone. So we can't stay home. Listen, you don't get sick time anyway, so I don't want to get sick. When I go out to the store and you cough all over all my apples, I want to eat them from the bottom up so you don't notice. That's a pro tip. You can eat a whole apple, anyone. The core is imagined. It's f- the, core, the core of the apple is a lie fed to you by a big apple to get you to buy more apples. You can eat that whole shit all the way down. All the way I to the... big apple. They're getting, they're they're coming for you. But no, trust me, you can eat that thing, all the way to except for like the little bit, the um little little handle part, you know, whatever you call that, the the stem. You can eat everything but the stem. I mean, if you eat the stem, you want to go real wild. But I I wouldn't encourage it. Like a roughage. Yeah. Call an apple stem the handle of the apple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like if you're eating from the bottom up, it's it's the handle of the apple. That's fair. I mean, uh, um, I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. See? Yeah. If you know what I'm talking about, then you should go, if you have your Twitch Prime account, subscribe to me on Twitch Prime. I get $3. <laughs> and Jeff Bezos gets the other three. 
But if you got those, but if you got the private account, you might as well give me three of it because I'm not going to give the other three to Bezos. I'm going to keep it to myself. Put it in my pile of money that I have in a locked room in my house that I swim in every day. All those Apple savings. All those Apple savings. I save all that money. You know, listen, if you take one thing away from IndiePocalypse Radio, it's that you can eat a whole apple and you can eat a kiwi without cutting it. Um, Invest in apples. Right. Invest. I mean, listen, if we want to get boring for a second. giving it to Big Apple here. If you want to get boring for a second, investing is a smart way to spend your money. (laughs) If you're not going to spend it on anything else, it's like free money, dude. It's like high interest banking. As long as you don't try to not go like fucking wild and be a day trader or something stupid like that. But that's losing my punk edge. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One can be one can be two things. I there are so many wolves inside of me and some of those wolves have betterment accounts and put ten dollars in there and then that ten dollars turns into five hundred dollars. And it saves you money, everyone. But uh, whatever. That's off-brand, I guess. Eat the rich. Yes. Indiepocalypse does not pay the bills. (laughs) Uh, But I could pay the bills if we go and buy it at the buy places. Um Yes, truly, truly, there's, it should be illegal to be a millionaire. It's just like tax millionaires into non-millionaire status. There's no point to them. It's wasteful. It's irresponsible hoarding of wealth. It benefits nobody. There's a lot bigger than millionaires, too. Yes, but it's, exactly, but they're, they're included. And I think million is, is way too much already. They're include exactly what I'm saying. It's like million is is far too high a barrier. It's far too high an amount of money to have anyway. If everyone had money, we would it's all. Like the be- difference between having like five apples and like a million apples. Right, you're you gonna know, get a tummy ache. This no episode can- brought to you by Big Apple. Yes, fucking Granny Smith over here, paying <laughs> my bills. If you're if you work at Big Apple and you want me to read your ads, I can. I don't know. Take out ad space in IndiePocalypse. Submit your game to IndiePocalypse.com slash submit. Um, I always run into this problem where I just start bullshitting again at the end of the show and no one stops me because I'm the host. I'm supposed to stop myself. Um, Visit this show at IndiePocalypse.com slash radio. Tell your friends. If you want to be on this show and you are like somebody that you think I want to talk to, if you do a thing, if you make art, and you realize that this show is barely going to let you promote your art. Um, let me know wherever you think you would find me. I guess you. I, I'm in places, you know. That's it. I'm gonna close this down. If you got um, zines, submit them. Mini zines, that is single page zines. That's the hardest thing to get because I don't know how to ask people to make them. But I think it's a neat thing to have a zine within the zine that you cut out and you print and you fold up. But um, I'm closing the show down. We're going to leave you with 
the aforementioned car. No, wait, that was only mentioned in the preview, wasn't it? When I was talking about car seat headrest. Well, we're going to leave with car seat headrest. Stop smoking, parentheses. We love you. Off of Twin Fantasy, parentheses, 2018. Goodbye, everyone.